Extreme Anime Radio. city in the world broadcasting to fans of anime and japanese culture all around the world and boldly going where no podcast has gone before well at least for tonight can't do that (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the extreme anime radio podcast it is the 13th of october 2021 i am jr hello and he is nef canuck hello sir good evening or should it be Live long and prosper. Yes. <laughs> that is why uh, we have the old uh, USS Starship right behind me here on the screen tonight. Well, if it is the original NCC-1701, no bloody A, B, D, C, or E, or E <laughs> then we know the fate of said Enterprise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Much like the fate... Of the group behind me last year in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, you you take that quote uh, from that Next Generation episode with James Doohan, right? Indeed I do, sir. Nice. It's one of the more classic episodes, I think, of the whole franchise. Well, yeah, because it's like Scotty and you're literally bringing him home, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's like you could just feel it. And, and that was the thing. The, the, there were those episodes of Next Generation where it's like right in the feels if you were an original series fan as well. Oh, yes. And uh, depending on how much you're involved in Star Trek, I think a day like today hits you right in the feels with the launch of uh, Captain James T. Kirk himself into the final frontier. Well, some would say you launched him. Does he have to come back? <laughs> <laughs> so uh we have a we have a little space theme going with some of the topics that we have tonight but uh thank you so much for joining us here on twitch or on uh the podcast realm wherever you might be listening to us we are at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio that's where we upload all of our shows and then they get distributed like i said all across the podcast to Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. Um, if you are listening to us, we of course invite you to join us on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash extreme anime radio. We do face-to-face podcasts. You can see us make a fool of ourselves every time we do a show. And we also do the occasional um, the occasional the occasional Twitch streams. Occasionable. Yeah. Oh dear, you're making up words again, are you? Yes, that is also another feature of the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Thank you very much. I tend to do that uh, on a regular I, basis. I was going to say, I'm the second banana, you're the chief monkey. <laughs> Ooga booga. So, um, <laughs> so yes, um, and uh, we have a lot to look forward to this week. Uh, tonight we're going to continue Steins Gate Elite, and that is because tomorrow 
is the big release of the new Jackbox Party Pack. So we will be doing uh, the Extreme Anime Radio Twitch stream tomorrow night, streaming with the Sarahs, which is always fun. We're going to have um, Umi and uh, Mako-chan, a.k.a. Mika Zelda, scheduled to join us. Uh, possibly some others. Uh, we will hopefully make some announcements as we get closer to the stream. But uh, very, very interested and looking forward to seeing how this new Jackpox Party Pack works out. Uh, Neff, have you, um, I think I might have asked you this before, have you uh, taken a look at some of the new games in the Party Pack? Unfortunately, I haven't had the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, bear in mind, folks, this is brand new release, so there could be bugs. We'll all find out together tomorrow night. And then uh, Jackbox will make a fool of themselves if that were the case. Oh, you know, freshly released software. Hello, Windows 11. <clears throat> Hello, iOS 15. <clears throat> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we'll be covering all that tomorrow. That is why tonight we are going to continue Steins Gate Elite before it gets um, lost in our brains, so to speak. So, uh, indeed. So, how about this rocket launch today? Uh, I don't know if anybody saw it, uh, but it was nice to see um, the Blue Origin um, uh, webcast uh, do the live launch coverage. Very, very nice, uh, and the the TV coverage was very orderly and structured. Of course except for the unplanned holds that they had to do in the countdown before liftoff. Well, when you're launching basically a giant explosion with people in it, you want to make sure it goes well. Of course. So um, I think uh, there were two holds before the launch this morning. Uh, They have a big facility out in the Texas uh, mountains and desert where they do the launches. And um, so the first uh, hold in the count was, I think, because of winds. And then I think they had something with the rocket for the second hole. But then uh, then uh, Captain Kirk and his crew of the uh, Starship uh, New Origin, I think is what it's called, um, blasted off on their suborbital flight. It was not uh, a trip around the Earth. It was just suborbital just to go above the 100-kilometer line that is recognized as the start of space. So, basically, um, the rocket just went up and then went down, and that was it. Well, considering that uh, William Shatner, a.k.a. Captain uh, James C. Kirk, is actually 90, I think that was more than enough excitement for him for one day. Oh, yes. And he now technically becomes the oldest person to be launched into space. How about that? Well, let's see if anybody else decides from some other country like, you know, maybe Russia. We can fire someone up older into space. (laughs) We'll we'll call it the Geritol race. (laughs) Um, Actually, Russia had... um... Spaceflight participants visit the International Space Station, um, I think, in the last couple of weeks. They sent up a Soyuz with a Russian cosmonaut operating it, and then a Russian actress and a Russian film producer as spaceflight participants. Okay, an actress? Well, hey, if they were looking for, you know, free publicity, what better way to do it, right? And the goal, not just publicity, is to actually film a movie on the International Space Station, a Russian drama. Oh, dear. All I can, th- I can just, you know, I just, I just have these horrible thoughts in my head. <laughs> Aliens in Russian. Eat. <laughs> So um, so back to the, um, the launch of Captain Kirk, so to speak. Um, yes, uh, they finally launched it. The whole ride was over in a matter of minutes because basically the, the rocket launches up, stops firing, detaches the capsule from the top with 
the four spaceflight participants, they were all spaceflight participants. Nobody had any experience going this high ever before. So everything was controlled by computers. And um, yes, and then the, the capsule comes down several minutes later after you're weightless uh, in the capsule for a bit. And then uh, it kind of launches with, uh, it kind of lands with all the parachutes uh, deployed. Meanwhile, okay, the, the rocket it, also comes down in one piece too by firing uh, the engine as it comes down. The way you describe that, all I can think of, I just hope it isn't run by Windows 11. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Blue screen of death. Oops. <laughs> You told me before the show started that you were worried about it. Well, I mean, I've got one machine that will get Windows 11 eventually. One machine that will get it sooner than later. Another one where they say, nope, your CPU is too old. And I'm going, but this computer's only four years old. And you're telling, okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're concerned about security. And they say that, you know... Anything slower than a, an eighth-generation chip can't hack it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, Janemi asks a question. Does Russia have any private space companies, or is it all government-run? I think the ones that launch the Soyuz are kind of private companies, but they're sort of influenced by the government. So, Yeah, in, in Russia, uh, g- companies don't influence government. Government influence companies. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. um, and as far as this flight uh, that was launched today, uh, it was uh, launched by Jeff Bezos's company. So that's why they want to raise the rates on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> they the got to pay for it. Yes. Space tourism. Ah. It was all, like I said, the, the TV coverage was all scripted out. Uh, Jeff Bezos actually closed the hatch when the um, everybody was loaded into the rocket. And then Jeff Bezos was the first person to knock on all the windows to wave to everybody once it landed. <laughs> okay, you can't see this if you aren't watching the stream, folks, and shame on you if you're not. Mm. But my eyes are rolling so hard, you're about to see tilt in both my eyeballs. <laughs> Oh, boy. But um, the most moving moment, if you might have seen Neff, um, was the moment where he, um, William Shatner is actually talking to Jeff Bezos outside of the rocket after he comes out. And he gets very, very, very emotional for about four or five minutes talking about how wonderful this experience has been for him, considering everything he's been through in life. Well, I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will soon. But I'm not surprised because if you get put into space, you get a very different perspective about your place in the universe. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't want to give away the whole speech. I, I invite you guys to watch it if you can. You can search for it on YouTube. They'll have just that part of his speech. Um, but uh, he explained how when you're up in space... You don't see the stars. Everything is black and blue. Black above and blue below. So So yet another TV fantasy has, you know, been crumbled. (laughs) Quite possibly, yeah. Well, I mean, if you are a fan of the original Star Trek, you will note the various shots of the ship going through space and the stars, etc., etc., yeah. Mm. One, and one thing I will point out before we move on, Neff, is uh, the original series, which is now exclusively on Paramount Plus, which I have yet to get. Um, remember that the original series, uh, several years ago, they actually did enhancements to the footage. They used the original film footage and they made it uh, sort of high def looking. And instead of taking the old animations of the Enterprise and whatever uh, they had at the time, uh, everything was redone by computers. 
Well, I, I must say, I mean, up here in Canada, at least, it's still on Netflix for the time being. Mm-hmm. I may have to check that out because I always remember watching that show in reruns and going, my God, that looks cheesy, just cheap and wow. (laughs) (laughs) But um, this trip into space, uh, Neff, is going to take us to our next topic. Not just 100 kilometers above Earth, but way, 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 way out there. Space Cowboy. Ah, yes. The hotly anticipated live-action remake of that animated classic, Cowboy Bebop. Mm. And I have to say, um, I finally, just before I connected with Neff for the show tonight, I finally watched the Netflix trailer. It's very well done. You see Spike... You see Faye, you see Jet, you don't see Edward. And that, to me, might be a little bit of a head-scratcher, because you think about the Cowboy Bebop anime, you think of, undoubtedly, one of the Fab Fours of anime, the four main characters in that show. Well, I thought about that after we discussed it, and I'm realizing I'm going... Ed was not very old, as I recall. I thought Ed was kind of in the show maybe 14. I think so. And considering the other things they show in the Netflix trailer, I'm not sure a 14-year-old should be around some of that stuff. Hmm. So maybe they said, "Mm." or as I mentioned to JR before we came on air, I thought maybe it's a teaser for season two. Because we do get Ayn, or at least a shot of our, you know, genetically enhanced Corgi. Mm -hmm. But we don't know whether Ayn will be a large part of the show or not. Mm. So, could be a tease. Possibly, and it could be like one of the biggest surprises if that were to come into play. Um, But uh, yes, uh, I think John Cho is going to make a very interesting spike. Well, he certainly has the physical moves if not exactly as they were animated, I think reasonably close to the point where you're like, okay, a human being can actually do these moves. Mm. You know, because of course there are moves that, that Spike does in the anime where you're like, no human being is going to be able to do that. No. <laughs> and Or even if you fake it, it's going to look fake because you know that, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, if you look at the opening sequence carefully, you can see where some parts are live action and some parts are animated, but you got to look at it a few times. Now, the other thing you can do, there is a comparison video. Oh. Where they show the Netflix trailer and the original trailer side by side. Hmm. So you can see what they duplicated exactly, mm-hmm. what they duplicated with a twist. Mm-hmm. And where they, where they went off in their own direction. Hmm. And I think it was a good mix because if they had shot for shot, tried to, you know, do the anime opening as a real life, no, no, it wouldn't have worked. People right. would have immediately said, what are you doing? Why are you bothering? You know, but it sounds to me, and it looks to me like they're doing enough to say, okay, we're going to bring in the new people without alienating the current fa- the, the fan base. All right. Um, now, I, I say that, and I, I say that, I just want to stop you for a minute, because through the last few weeks on social media, I've been dealing with people who are yelling and screaming that this show is going to be absolute trash, <laughs> and all they've seen is the trailer. I'm like, at least give it one episode before you put it in a dustbin. Come on here. <laughs> you know, be fair. I have not read such uh, commentary and criticism myself, to be honest. Well, you don't follow Anime News Network on Facebook, obviously. Oh, in the comment section. Yes. <laughs> yes, the comment section where it's like, I dive into that, you know, somewhat, and I'll say this, you know, semi-jokingly, Richard, Scott, Richard Hive of Scum and Villainy, and try to, you know, go, hey, at least, you know, come on, dial it down and notch people. Like, you have the right to be angry if you want to be, 
but at least be angry for a reason as opposed to just, you know, it's a day ending and why? So, yeah, I know what you're talking about now because I, I sometimes I come across those comments as like, hey, I'm smart, but I'm really not. Hey. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, these are people who you're like, how did you get computer access unsupervised again? <laughs> because you certainly need to be supervised. Yikes. So let me go into two big news stories that came out this week with regards to Cowboy Bebop. The first news is that next week, Netflix, at least here in the U.S., might be in Canada as well, but I got to look it up. They will be releasing the Cowboy Bebop anime on Netflix, everything starting next week. Hmm. Because I know it's on Funimation. Mm-hmm. Now, unless Funi lost the license or Netflix just pointed up enough cash to sublicense it. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. So that's that's the, the first news. Now, some of you um, that are familiar with the Cowboy Bebop anime knows it has a wonderful voice cast, both in English and in Japanese. So that takes us to the second bit of news. Uh, the live-action Cowboy Bebop, which is being released in about a month, I think. Um, obviously, it's going to be in English, but there will be a Japanese version. And Neff, if you were to take a wild guess, uh, who do you think will voice the Japanese version? Sadly, I know who you're talking about because I did see that news now that you've twigged my you know, tiny little <laughs> hamster wheel. And they managed to get the original Japanese voice acting cast to dub this live action version of Cowboy Bebop into Japanese. Which is so... I'm not sure if the word is meta or, you know, like just, it's just weird when you full, think about it. Full circle? That works. Full circle. <laughs> um, unfortunately, there were a few deaths in the Japanese cast since that anime was released, so they've had to replace a few characters. Um, if I read correctly, I think Jet's character is changed. We're gonna make mm. gonna make me look this up now. Well, since I don't know, and you're bound to tell us. I think you're gonna have to do that. <laughs> yes, um, yes. The original voice uh, of Jet Black passed away, so that uh, that character will be replaced along with a few other um, uh, small characters that are in the live action. And of course, there will be characters in the live action that were never in the Japanese ver original animated version. So mm -hmm. there'll be, of course, new actors for that. So uh, those are the two big uh, news pieces that broke um, in the last few days regarding uh, one of our favorite animes. So the fact that uh, Cowboy Bebop is going to be re-released, the anime on Netflix, for those who don't have Funimation, I guess... Um, and, uh, seeing the trailer, I'm a little psyched for the live action. Well, like I said, th th this was one of the other things that was going to drag me kicking and screaming into buying the Netflix subscription. <laughs> so, yeah, it just ended up, I had to buy it a little early because of, you know, the other product, mm -hmm. which I'm, you know, it's like, okay, 21st of October, and it's now the 13th, and I'm just going tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. <laughs> when does uh, Comey Can't Communicate release again? Uh, 21st of October. Ooh, next week. Yeah, that's why I'm saying tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm amusing myself by rereading the manga. Uh, I've gotten through nine vol uh, eight and a half volumes. I'm working on volume nine again. Oh, nice. And it's amazing to see, again, how the character grows and how the other supporting cast are brought in, each of them with their own quirks. And if you look hard enough, you'll find yourself in one of those kids somewhere. Maybe not in a whole, but certainly in part. You mean uh, who you are, basically? Yeah, essentially, because 
every one of us has our own little quirks and we had them through school. And these, you know, characters have these quirks, sometimes exaggerated to great effect, Mm -hmm. sometimes exaggerated to make you scared. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple of those characters where I'm going, if they animate them the way they drew them in the manga, you know, and as characters, yikes. I kind of feel that way when I see Crossing Time. The manga and the short series anime that takes place at railroad crossings. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Did I have I ever seen that? We we mentioned hmm. it before. I'm just trying to remember if I've seen it. I mean, I, my problem is I see a lot of manga, yeah. read a lot of manga, see a lot of anime. You know, try to get the right things right, and it's like after a while, it all sorts of you know jumbles up in here and goes. <laughs> Now, admittedly, I don't read manga as much as you do, but um, Crossing Time is one of the mangas I have read recently, for the most part. I haven't finished it, but obviously there are a lot more stories in the manga than there are in the short series of either three or five-minute episodes. Mm, So they would have had to skim and find what they thought was the best of the bunch. Right. The question is, as someone who's seen both, what do you think? Did they find the best of the bunch? I would think so, yeah. Although I think the manga is a lot more involved. There are continuing stories with some of the uh, uh, stories that they use for the anime, for sure. Mm. Uh, Somebody asks in the channel, no, I have not managed to watch Sailor Moon Eternal yet. Because I'm sorry, I have, you know, another new thing to play with. Oh, yes, and we're going to talk about that after we break for this commercial message. So if you're listening to us, we're going to talk about Mamma Mia and all that sort of junk here on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Extreme Anime Radio is now on Discord. Join our Discord server for the latest news and updates about the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Support the podcast through Anchor at the $4.99 level or higher and receive exclusive perks, including access to our dedicated Discord supporters channel. For links to everything XAR, including the Discord server and our homepage on Anchor, please visit our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Anime Radio. Welcome back to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Again, a seamless transition if you're watching, not a seamless transition if you're listening to us on the podcast at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio or whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. As we went to commercial break, Neff was teasing a new little toy that he has. And what would that be, sir? Uh, you say little, I, I say not quite as little. <laughs> it would be... Um, a Nintendo Switch, but not just any Nintendo Switch. The newest model with the OLED screen. Mm. Now, I quickly found out that um, using the Joy-Cons when you don't have two good functioning hands, uh, yeah, not so much. So, what did I do? Well, I'd actually done some research before I bought this product, and I went to Etsy where they have all sorts of weird and wonderful little knickknacks that people make for sale. One of which happens to be a left-handed grip for the Joy-Con controllers. Now, if you'll excuse me one minute, I will grab. All this is, essentially, is a little piece of plastic. As you can see, it has uh, ridges in it as I do it. Well, no, it's my fingers, you know drop them and essentially what you do is you shove the joy cons one on either side which allows you to use both joy cons with one hand wow and it works pretty good because using the joy cons attached to the switch as designed i played punch out last night i could barely beat the first opponent we're talking the original punch out from i think it is 86 (laughs) and that's the other thing i found out folks 
I'm looking at the copyright dates of the software that I'm playing, and I'm going, dear God, I remember this when it came out. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> and this is the one with Mike Tyson at the end, right? No, I don't believe so. I, I of course, haven't gotten the end, but this does not say Mike Tyson's punch out. Oh. So my guess is it will be at best the clone of him, maybe. Gotcha. Okay, because of course the Mike Tyson punch out was considered a separate product back in the day that you'd you know buy a new cartridge for. Mister Dream, now, that's who it was. Nowadays, it would be you know downloadable content. Thank you, EA. <laughs> Actually, speaking of downloadable content, I noticed a lot of the free games they entice you with a couple levels, and then they say, "But if you want the rest of the game, ching." And I'm going, "Thank you, EA." You really, really, really messed up the game market. <laughs> That's how I felt when uh, I had to re-download my copy of Uno for Nintendo Switch. Oh, EA owns Uno. So now if you want these extra levels, you got to pay for them. <sighs> and then remind, then I'll remind everybody that EA thinks that they can't release any sports games on the PC because they'll be pirated. <laughs> so they release all these wonderful sports games and almost none of them on the PC. Yeah, right. Including the big ones like, you know, NHL 22, Madden 22, FIFA 22. Does anyone see a pattern here? I, aren't they available on Steam, though? FIFA, I think, is, but okay. not NHL 22 and not Madden. Hmm. Because, no, they, they, they're paranoid about, you know, people stealing their intellectual property. To which I would reply, if your games weren't essentially a roster update for like four or five years, and then you finally do something new with them, mm -hmm. people might actually buy them at full pop. You, know, you might be surprised. I, um, I uh, actually brought up my PS3 uh, when I worked upstate during the summer. And I went to a an, a gaming store that specializes in older games in the mall. It one of the few stores open in the Wilton Mall now. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, but uh, no, I brought uh, I bought NCAA football. It's like ten years old, and uh, you play these games. They have some very good sequences for these college football teams that play. But then you look, because it's such an old game and they can't connect to the servers anymore, you select your team and they have no names. Just, it says, like, if you look at the team playing in the game, you see the quarterback, he might be number 10, and above him it will say QB number 10, not his name. That's sort of like playing Tecmo Bowl on the Nintendo Switch, where they don't have all the teams that were around at the time. They don't have any of the logos or trademarks. And it's basically, you know, like a sub-selection of teams, most of which I hate I hate playing just because I hate the names. It's like, oh, the Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas. No sign of Buffalo anywhere. Is that? No sign of Buffalo anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that game, the the the, re the repetitive word, hood, 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 hood. <laughs> oh, yes, the 30 huts before it actually, you know. Snap. The snap, and you're just going, come on, snap the ball. I hate hearing that. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, um, actually, real quick, wanted to talk about, you know, how you play video games. For those uh, who don't know, uh, because of Neff's condition, if he's playing video games or doing mostly anything else for that matter, um, the hand that he has to use is his left hand. He can't use uh, his right, so he has to use his left. Um, now, I've seen Neff play PlayStation with a PlayStation controller specifically designed for one hand. And now you're getting used to this new controller, which is essentially two controllers now that you're controlling with one hand. So um, how is it trying to get used to having two controllers like that? 
Well, the trick is for the trick is one controller is basically your move controller. The other controller is your action controller. So if you can get them to sit at the right angle, mm-hmm. it can actually work as a one-handed setup. Mm-hmm. But the trick is that for certain games, you might need the D-pad, and for other games, you can use the joystick on the move on the move controller. And it's a question of which works better depending on which game it is. Like, for example, for Punch-Out, initially I was trying it with the direction buttons. It wasn't doing very well. But when I moved to the stick with my thumb, it was much easier to duck and weave and, you know, get ready to send my opponent to Dreamland, you know, with a good left hook and a good right hook. <laughs> now, the, the other trick is I did buy a steering wheel for the one Nintendo game that I've bought so far, which is Mario Kart 8. Oh, nice. And it's and it's a substantial wheel. It's one you clamp to your desk. So you have to clamp it to your desk. You've got the pedals. And I found out that I'm okay with it. I'm not great, but of course, you know, A, you're just trying. You're just starting out. And B, um, this isn't like driving a car. The only thing I realized when I talked to someone else, they said, did you have auto track on? I'm like, what? They said, yeah, because Nintendo by default sets a control called auto track to on, which means you don't fall off the track no matter what you do. You just bounce off an invisible wall. Mm. And they're saying, well, you really should take it off because you can't do certain things, including slide jobs and uh, going off track to special shortcuts very easily, if at all. Right. And I'm going, well, I might try that, but I better make sure that I'm nice and sober when I do. Because I have a bad feeling I'm going to be wrenching the wheel, and then one time too many. Whoop. I've noticed when Mama I play. Mia. <laughs> I've noticed when I play Mario Kart, there are a lot of courses that have like buffers that you can't stray off too much. But then you get to places like Rainbow Road, and yeah. Yeah, that's one where I'm really going. I just might leave auto track on because I really don't want to just keep falling off every five seconds. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so um, I think uh, our plan is sometime next week we're going to uh, put Neff to the challenge because by then hopefully we'll have enough practice with Mario Kart. And it's going to be me, you, along with uh, Bree and possibly Liz as well. Well, I can tell you that I can actually control the cart pretty well at 50 cc's. I actually went through 50 cc course and am the quote-unquote champion. Now I have to up the ante and go to 100 and 150 and then 200. And then you're going a lot faster and you have a lot less sneeze room, I call it. Mm -hmm. You know, you sneeze and you fall off the track. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're looking forward to giving that a shot. Uh, we'll set something up uh, for sometime next week. Uh, Jeremy's asking if you have a 3D printed, uh, one of those 3D printed controller holders for the one-handed setup. Well, that's actually what I was showing on screen. Right. The actual, let me see if I can grab it again because it fell all the way on the floor. <laughs> there we go. As I managed to, you know, strain my back mightily. Um, this is the actual. Actually, oh, there we go. There we go. This is the actual device. Uh, you slip the Joy Cons into the grooved sections, and you're holding it essentially somewhat like this. It's a little hard to show you, mm-hmm. unless you want to hold on a minute while I put the Joy Cons in. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Since I have the switch, I have to have it handy. Now, that's the other thing I found very interesting. You take the the controllers off in the most odd way possible, I feel. Because mm-hmm. you have to push buttons on both sides of the controller to slide the controller off the switch. And I'm like, huh? Mm, who, yeah. who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> Security. And can I meet them? Yeah. Can I meet them and, you know, beat them? Oh, let's <laughs> see here. There's one side. I think that was it. Now I'm trying to remember how I... No, no, I did it backwards. See? <laughs> now I have to... There we go. Let's see, because you have to do it in a way. Let's see, the move control... Yeah, there we go. Move controller goes over here. Well, like I said, it's very much a... You can get this done. You just have to be very careful and cautious and 
let's see here. Was it like that? Hold on. Let me just check something, folks, because I did. Ha- I made. I had to make a picture because I got it done once, right? And then I'm like, yeah, I better make a picture of this so I do it right again. While while he figures this out, I'll remind everybody once again that uh, we will be playing Steins Gate Elite tonight on Twitch. Um, we'll take a few minutes break after we finish this podcast to set that up. We'll play for a little over an hour, maybe. Um, and then, um, tomorrow we'll do streaming with the Saras playing the new Jackbox party pack starting at 8 PM Eastern. We hope you all join us, uh, for all those fun activities. And then, uh, we will have the, um, the Sarah Grand Prix, or just the XAR Grand Prix and Mario Kart 8 uh, sometime next week. There we go. Okay, now I've now I figured out what I was doing wrong. Ah, when you when you have to use a when you have to make a photograph when you're going, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Ah, see, they didn't they didn't give you instructions because I guess they figured you know you're smart enough you'll figure it out. But then again, they hadn't met me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Okay, so we slide them both into place. So, uh, as you can see, maybe if I hold this properly. There we go. The controllers are now mated so that you can see the blue controller, which is your move controller. Mm -hmm. You hold it like this. Right. And, of course, the buttons you access like that. And there you go. Kind of like playing an accordion. Somewhat, yes. It's got yeah, that so, look to it for sure. Yeah, so it's just, it's just a question of remembering and then also remembering to put them back on the Switch because, of course, they will naturally try to communicate with the Switch until they either shut off automatically, which drains the battery somewhat, or the battery already, already dies in the controllers. Which is another one of those weird quirks because I'm like, why would you design something like that where the controllers have to be attached to the thing to get charged unless you buy a separate contraption for the joy cons to get charged yeah <laughs> it's just, like i said it, it, these are these logical puzzles that you know my tiny brain can't can't answer uh, yeah one, one more piece of electronics to add to your uh to add to your living room wherever you can fit it right I was going to say, if I have to add any more electronics to my living room, I'm eventually going to, you know, like have so much weight there that the entire floor is going to give way. <laughs> before we uh, before we sign off for the podcast tonight, um, some big news coming for travel after what, like a year and a half. Uh, well, if you were to put it, Neff, we finally got our act together and we're opening the borders. Yeah, but the odd part is the way they describe it. I'm not quite sure how this is going to work because they initially describe it, at least in the press clippings I saw, that they're not going to be asking for the vaccination status until later, like the actual paper. And I'm going, no, that makes no sense. Because apparently what the Americans are going to rely upon is the global worldwide standard that's supposed to come into effect sometime in November, I think they said. Right. So in the meantime, they're going to allow it before that. And I'm going, okay. The problem is our government is now saying, you know that app we promised we'd have ready for October? Yeah, not so much. (laughs) I'm going, okay. You You want to have something fall apart at the design stage? Let the government handle it. We, we've heard so many a story about that in Canada, huh? Yeah, the problem is when you have the provinces that don't necessarily want to work with the feds and the feds saying, hey, we control the purse strings, it gets kind of messy. <laughs> but uh, going back to the travel news. Um, so, yes, uh, starting in sometime in November on a date still to be announced. So don't book your tickets just yet. <laughs> um all air travel to the U.S. and non-essential travel by land across the borders, you have to be fully vaccinated. Um, you're going to need to show 
um, proof of vaccination. And if you try to cross the land border and the CBP, uh, Customs and Border Protection, thinks you're lying, they'll refer you to secondary screening where they will check all of your documentation, including your COVID certificate. And... uh, Okay, I'm getting fl- I'm getting flashbacks to crossing the border by car that one time and coming this close to having a car completely torn apart. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's an expensive repair bill to fix, huh? Yeah, especially because they, they the, the one guard made it sound like they were going to tear my car apart and leave me at the side of the road with it disassembled, and I'm going... I don't think CAA or AAA in this case would cover that. <laughs> um, and then the most interesting news is that by January of next year, so only a few months from now, everybody who's a foreigner entering the United States has to be fully vaccinated. That's going to include truck drivers, those entering the country for essential purposes. They have to be fully vaccinated. Well, hopefully that gets the holdouts to realize that, yes, it is a vaccinated world after all. I mean, right now they're still I'm still getting them, you know, mumbling and screeching and screaming in my timeline. And it's like, get over it. We've now had the vaccine for months. It's not like we've all dropped dead from it. (laughs) Like, you know, just no, you know, please. But, I was uh, I was lucky that uh, well we're lucky my parents uh, got their booster shot earlier this week so now they're all set to go um, now I I do have some heart conditions so I asked my physician who's my cardiologist if I should get the booster he said no not right now so okay I'm good until the CDC says it's time I'm just worried because. I'm a mongrel when it comes to my shots because I got I got two mRNA vaccines, except one was Pfizer, one was Moderna, because up here they said, go ahead and mix. We want to get you jabbed and fully protected. And I said, "Okay, fine, I'll get jabbed and fully protected. But if the Americans don't recognize, you know, mongrel shot mix like me, (laughs) uh, does that mean I'm going to need a third and a fourth shot? that's the sticking point right now. It it looks like our CDC is going to say, we're going to accept all the vaccines that have been approved by the WHO. So Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, those four, I think, Mm. whatever else the WHO has approved. But they haven't clarified whether or not there's going to be a... um, um, an allowance for those who received mixed doses. Well, if I have to get a third dose because I have to have two of one at least, <laughs> Pfizer order a fine. Hit, hit me up because I would like to cross the border at some point. Right, right. You know, and vice versa, of course. Well, and vice versa, of course. I mean, you know, of course, your money goes a lot farther here than mine does down there. But sushi dinner. Let's do it. <laughs> oh God, yes. The t- $200 sushi dinner. It's so expensive, but it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we will plan that. Hopefully, maybe sometime next year when things normalize. Um, but uh, yes, a little bit of exciting news, uh, but yet another stark reminder that COVID is still a thing. Yes, well, they're showing uh, the first game of the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they showed the lineups outside to get in the building. And I'm just going, wow, bring a book, make it war and peace. (laughs) Yikes. So we're ready to close things out here on the podcast and get ready to switch over to Steins Gate Elite. But before we do that, uh, the usual closing commentary, please. If you have any questions, concerns, compliments, or complaints about this broadcast or any of our podcasts or Twitch streams, drop us a line at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. Or hit us up on our social media pages. How do you find that? Well, you can go to Linktree, that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash anime radio. 
There you'll find links to our Facebook page, our Discord uh, server, our Twitter account, our Instagram account, and our YouTube page. And on anchor.fm forward slash anime radio, you can find archived versions of these podcasts where all our mistakes are removed. That, including all of my spelling mistakes uh, amassed over how many years? Spelling mistakes? Um, you don't have a spelling mistake when you speak, JR. Oh, grammar sp- mistakes. Thank you. <laughs> and this is something else for the county room floor. <laughs> well, I'm going to write that down for next time. All right. <laughs> so uh, if you're listening to the podcast, we will see you uh, next week at the usual time. Uh, for those of you watching on Twitch now, we're going to take about five to ten minute break and be back to continue Steins Gate Elite with Neff and also with Liz. So for Neff, I'm JR. Thank you for joining us tonight for our nice little show. And remember, keep on looking out for the Extreme Radio podcasts and don't forget to check out our Twitch streams. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.